All right, all right, all right. What's up, world? This is Lee Fuller. Thank you for joining me today. And this is the Bible in Real Life podcast. And you know what? I want to give a shout out to mothers, all the mothers in the house, all the mothers that are listening. I want to celebrate you and congratulate you for being, um, you know, standing in your position, being who God has called you to be. And today we're going to talk about what does it mean um, for to be a mother or what are, what does the Bible say about motherhood? Right. I think that's a good topic since we're in this whole Mother's Day type situation or Mother's Day season. So let's talk about it. Let's share about it. And uh, I want you to stay tuned. But before we get to that, uh, have you subscribed to the YouTube channel? Have you subscribed to the podcast? Are you following me on TikTok and Instagram? Because we are sharing not only just uh, bi-monthly podcasts, we are also sharing daily um, Bible and real life snippets, right? As I'm going through scripture, you know, insights and different wisdom nuggets, I'm also sharing. So you want to make sure you are paying attention to those as well. Well, uh, let's jump into motherhood. Well, you don't really jump into motherhood. You kind of land in, Never mind. <laughs> I'm just going to keep on walking, all right? We're going to walk right past that, and I'm going to uh, talk about what I want to talk about. So we're in this series. We're talking about family. So we talked about the importance of um, a Christian family. So if you did not see that episode, go back to, I believe it's episode 59, where it talks about lessons and the way God uses family to reveal himself and to show us things about ourselves. But today... We're focusing on mothers. And I wanted to point out the um, the importance of mothers and women in the spiritual development of the child. So a couple of things we want to do in Deuteronomy, in Deuteronomy chapter five, verse 16. And we, we should be familiar with this. Deuteronomy five is the is the new. What is it? Um, Ten Commandments. Right. So we know that the Ten Commandments, they're in Exodus 20 because the old generation heard it and then they died off. And Moses like, you know what? I got to tell these Ten Commandments to this new generation uh, as they're preparing to go into the promised land. So he, he gives the Ten Commandments again in Deuteronomy chapter five and Deuteronomy 516. It says, honor your father and mother as the Lord your God has commanded you so that you may live long and that it may go well with you in the land your God has given you, right? So if there is one lesson, if there is one verse that I heard over and over and over and over as a kid, it's honor your mother and father so that your days may be long. And I I really believe that... Um, some of the reasons my life wasn't shortened is because I obeyed my parents, right? For the most part, you know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, hey, this really isn't the group you really need to be hanging around when they would instruct me on that. Hey, here's a um, here's what you need to do to get your work done. <laughs> here's how you should pay attention in school and so forth. Some of these valuable lessons, I really believe uh, I'm walking in the blessing of Deuteronomy chapter five, verse 16, right? Uh, now, uh, I did celebrate a birthday this year, but I'm not 
85, right? So we will see how long this this mojo, how long this this blessing continues. But um, at 44, I'm doing pretty good, feeling good, and um, and thankful for the godly uh, mother and godly influence that I had in my life. Um, I think it's interesting that it says mother and father. So many times we say, hey, hey, dad, you know, and I jump on the dads as well. And actually, maybe next week or in two weeks, I am going to talk about how important it is for fathers to uh, be a part of of this home, of the home structure. But today I want to focus on the women. But it says, honor your father and your mother. Now, this is interesting because in in um, Near East culture, many times the father got a lot of respect or men got a lot of respect, but women didn't have as much social standing or respect. And God confirms that, hey, uh, women should also be honored. Mothers should also be honored. And I like to take it back to all the way in Genesis, where the Bible says God created man in his image uh, and he created them male and female. So we see that God uh, established a dignity in being a woman all the way at the beginning, right? So I know society has had this issue where, hey, women are second class or less than or whatever, right? But we see in scripture that God elevates the um, elevates the the personhood of women and he acknowledges that women were also created in God's image, right? So I like to say that Adam was like straight dirt, you know, hey, let me get this dirt, make this dude. And then he said, you know what? Now for the female, I am going to not start at dirt. I'm going to start with uh, the male and pull her out of his side or out of the rib. So a woman is, is once removed from the dirt. So they're more refined, et cetera, et cetera. My wife would say, um, <laughs> Lee, no, I used to tell my wife, Hey, she's like, you're so ashy, man, you're so ashy. Your skin's so dry, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, listen, I was made from dirt. You know what I'm saying? You, uh, you, you must've been moist <laughs> dirt. Never mind. Horrible, horrible joke. But, um, anyway, the Bible elevates the personhood of women in general by creating God's image, but also he gives women um, a voice for instructing and teaching in the home. You know, I didn't realize it, but even in Proverbs, and we're going to go to Proverbs chapter one, Proverbs chapter one, many um, see Proverbs chapter one as the, what is it? The... Um, Wisdom books. Nope, nope. Man, I don't know how to stop these machines from listening to everything I say. But uh, let's go to Proverbs. In Proverbs chapter one, we see in verse eight, it says, Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching. Okay? And, you know, I had always paid attention to the hear, my son, your father's instruction, but... It's your mother's teaching as well that you should pay attention to. So little boys, little girls, everybody pay attention to your mother's teaching. This is found in scripture. Now to your mothers, 
You have the responsibility to teach. You have the responsibility to instruct. You know, I'm learning and realizing now that there's something my children do not know. (laughs) And I used to get upset. I used to say, how do you not know how to do this? Or um, look at this drawer. Or why isn't this room clean? Or, hey, look, look, these dishes are, are not good. Or, hey, here's your routine, your hygiene routine, et cetera. And one time my daughter looked at me and said, I don't know how to do it. And it was like, oh, I have a responsibility and we have responsibility as parents to teach them. Okay. So mothers, uh, don't assume that your daughter or your son knows, right? God gives us the ability and the wisdom to teach them and he tells them to honor us and obey, uh, children, obey your parents, right? So God has really set up the system for us to be instructors and leaders and teachers and for the students, our children, to be learners, receivers, and and obedient, right? So uh, that's one thing. God set up the system for the older to train the younger, okay? And that's our responsibility. So as parents, um, I know... I know you got your career popping. I know you a boss. I know you doing your thing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But one of the, I know you getting your education and you getting your, you know, expanding your mind and all this. However, one fundamental responsibility of mothers is to train your child, teach your child. Uh, We saw in Deuteronomy, I believe it was chapter five. Uh, or might have been chapter six, where we're to, when we're sitting down, when we're by the way, when we're walking, you know, around the house, we should be training and teaching and instructing our children in righteousness. Um, and why is this important? Because mothers can leave a legacy. You know, sometimes we talk about, well, in the circles I grew up, legacy was in the context of fathers, right? But I want to show you this this mighty man of God named Timothy, and in Timothy one fifteen, uh, I believe it's Second Timothy, in Second Timothy one fifteen, we see something that Paul commends him. He says, um, Second Timothy one five. I said fifteen, one five. Here we go. Let me share my screen here. Second Timothy one five. It says. I am reminded of, he says, I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of hands. You see that? Um, We don't know a whole lot about Timothy's uh, father. We do know he was Greek, but we see that the spiritual legacy, the spiritual impact, the godly generational blessing, the um, the generational instruction, uh, the spiritual heritage came through Timothy's grandma and her mom and his mom. Okay. 
Think about that. I know we talk about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, right? But in this New Testament and in Timothy, we see that it was the God of your grandma, the God of your mother is now in you, boy, right? So I want to encourage the mothers and the grandmothers to leave that spiritual legacy, leave that spiritual heritage. You know, I am a a recipient of, of a spiritual lineage that came primarily through my mother's line. Now, um, my dad got saved as I when I was a kid, uh, and he continued to learn and grow and instruct us in righteousness as well. But it was my mother for a long time. It was my grandma that took us to church, and it was my mama that took me to church, right? And uh, uh, I want to encourage you, hey, sometime the male is not in position. Sometime your husband or the child's father may not be in position, but God will also honor the, the faith of the mother, right? Uh, and that's what Paul says in, in 2 Timothy 1.5. He said, this faith that's in you, Timothy, it was in your grandmother and it was in your mother. And I'm, I'm convinced that it's in you. So I encourage you to keep taking that boy to church. Keep taking those daughters to church. Train them up. And then the Bible reminds us to uh, not forsake our mother's teaching. So that's one aspect of motherhood that we should lean into. We can pass down that spiritual heritage from mother to daughter and from mothers to son. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting because God uses, and, and I mentioned this a little bit last week, but God uses relationship language in his, in his um, examples for us. Gotta grab my coffee today. I'm, I'm, I'm running low. I gotta, I gotta keep the energy up. So, um, in Isaiah, in Isaiah chapter, um, Isaiah chapter sixty six. Yeah, Isaiah chapter sixty six. I, I don't know why it's so hard for me to spell Isaiah when I'm on the microphone, but Isaiah sixty six. Let's go thirteen. Isaiah 66, 13 tells us, share my screen. As one whom his mother comforts, so I will comfort you. You shall be comforted in Jerusalem. You see that? As one whom his mother comforts, so I will comfort you. And I like this imagery because God says, most of the, most time we understand what it means to have a mother comfort us, right? And I pray that every child understands what it means to have a mother or mother figure or to be comforted, right? And God says, just like how a mother comforts you, so I will comfort you. And that's encouraging to me. Um, you know, especially now, uh, my mother passed a couple years ago. Um, and I can remember those moments of comforting growing up. Uh, I can remember those moments of encouragement and support and comfort and saying, Lee, here's what you need to do. Or Lee, I think you're going to make a good decision or 
hey, you're doing a good job, keep it up, you know, whatever the comforting was. And to hear that God says, just as your mother comforted you, I will comfort you and you will be comforted in Jerusalem. So God uses this mother imagery, you know, and sometimes it's strange. We're in strange times where we hear mothers turning against children and these type of things. And um, I, I, I know this is, you know, end times, but every preacher says the end times. They've been talking about the end times since, you know, since time of Jesus. But I really believe we're getting close because we're seeing the days getting darker and darker and darker and darker. Um, but for those of you that did have a comforting mother, you can see how the image of God, this picture of God, this example of God should be that source of encouragement to us, uh, that God will also pick you up. God would also be that comforter. God would also comfort you just like your mother could. And the good thing about God is when I was overseas or when you're in another town or when you are... Um, you know, separated due to COVID or whatever, whatever separation you have, God can still get to you and comfort you. I know parents are getting older, et cetera, et cetera, but we have a God that is from everlasting to everlasting. And he says, just like a mother comforts you, I will comfort you. So I see that both ways. Hey, mom, we should be a comforter and we should be an example of how God comforts, right? It's, and you know, Everybody knows that mother. Uh, we just found out that that little Tyrone has has stabbed 58 people and he is, you know, still on loose. And mom was like, I love my baby. Don't talk about little Tyrone. He's, he's oh, I love him. Please come home. Please stop slicing up these children. Oh, my goodness. Why did my example go so dark? <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, but it just shows that a mother's love can overlook a multitude of sin. And we have a God whose love looks through our sin and through directly to us and says, Hey, you know what? I still love you. Okay. Now there has to be, now I know a mother also disciplines. Listen. You know, I'm trying to remember if I would rather have my mom or my dad with me because so as my mom was disciplining us boys, um, I think she whooped us a little harder than the girls because she was like, you a boy. Pop, 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 wah, wah, wah. And I'm like, oh, man. And then she'd be like, hey, wait till your daddy get home because when daddy get home, he's going to get you again. And I'm like, oh, Lord, man. But now I realize just like the Bible says in Hebrews, God disciplines those he loves, right? Um, so there's that training aspect and there's that discipline aspect. There's that comforting and nurturing and there's that correction and discipline. And I think as a mother, we must be willing to do both, right? Um, so we teach and we act. We discipline and we encourage. We support and we chasten. These are what God has called us to do as mothers. And this will build that, that lasting legacy. This will help instill the beliefs of 
of God in our children and our children's children to create that generational legacy. Now, I do want to also go to Titus. Now, in Titus, I see this thing. So I'm really becoming a good fan, a good fan. What's a good fan? I'm really becoming a fan of first, second Timothy and Titus, right? As a newly ordained, you know, minister, I've been paying a lot more attention to what Paul taught these, um, uh, these ministers and pastors. And one of the things he tells Titus in Titus two, four, let me go to it. Titus chapter two, verse four, he says to the young, to the women. So train the young women to love their husbands and children. And I thought that was interesting that a mother may need training to know how to love their husband and children. So we know with the relationship status and divorce rates and all these things, there's definitely training that needs to be done on how to love your husband. But that's not the series I'm in right now. The series I'm in right now is how to love your children. But I want to highlight a couple of things. Um, there is a different word used in the Greek for this loving of husband. And there's a different word used for the loving of child. Okay. You don't treat your husband and your child the same. You don't treat your, your uh, husband like a child and you don't treat your child with the respect and different things that you should give your husband. There's, and, and many times there needs to be that education. There needs to be that training. Hey, here is what love looks like in a, in a committed marital relationship. And here's what love looks like for mothering a child. But this um, child is kind of a motherly love, right? It's, it's compassionate. It's caring. It's also nurturing and developing and forgiving and overflowing and patient. Now, there are aspects that your husband will need as well. <laughs> but this mothering aspect um, may need to be taught, may need to be understood and the Bible teaches that, hey, older women, older mothers should be teaching the younger mothers whenever. And I'm, I'm very um, I'm very quick to ask a another dad that has dealt with teenage girls or with, you know, preteen girls, because that's the stage I'm in now. Right. Hey, how did you deal with this? How did you learn this? Right. So I'm willing to do this as a male. And I know women far more relational than men tend to try to get wisdom, try to get understanding and can accept being taught on how to walk through these various seasons with these sons and daughters, right? So um, Bible tells Timothy, hey, have the older women teach the younger women to love their husband a certain way and love their children a certain way. And this mothering um, this motherly love is something that can be taught. So you may say, Hey, you know what, uh, Lee, I'm not sure how to love like a father or love like a mother, or how should I be loving my mother? A couple things we can look at. We see how Christ loves us. God has, is always the example of how to love. So we see how he was patient with the children of Israel. 
we see how he gave them his teaching and his instruction. He told them, hey, you do this, don't do this, right? He corrected them when they were wrong. He was patient. He wasn't so quick to correct the very first time or the very time he was, we see God as patient and long-suffering, right? These are attributes of mothering. These are attributes that God has toward us, and we can be that example to our children. So I want to encourage us that we should learn. Oh, I've been teaching this whole time, and I'm not back on my camera, but that's okay. Uh, God's been teaching us uh, to um, love our children and mother the children. Uh, it's interesting as I'm walking through this lesson, uh, talking about motherhood, <laughs> but um, I do believe that God places a, a very, um, a, a special anointing on mothers for the raising of children, right? I believe in God's kingdom or in this world, certain uh, certain sex or certain genders have a a a insight on um, how they interact with people, and I think mothers have a special insight. I know sometimes mothers will call it mother's intuition, you know, or mama knows, baby. <laughs> but uh, we can trust God, right? If your Bible says, if any if any man, and this is mankind, lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, right? So if you're having a challenge with that son or that daughter, trust God. Call upon the Lord. He will give you wisdom. He will give you strength. Okay. The Bible gives a pretty good example of, of a good mother. Actually, there's an example of a good mother and a bad mother. Um, and actually in, in both, in the same story. So there's a story in first Kings chapter three. And the story in first Kings chapter three is about these two mothers and both of these mothers had a child. And the Bible says that one of the mothers rolled over and um, killed the child, right? Rolled over on the child, smothered the child, killed the child. And then took the child from another mother and she grabbed that one and gave the dead child to this other mother. Well, the mothers wake up the next morning and they, one mother says, wait a minute, this isn't, this dead baby is not my child, right? So they take it to the king. And at the time, this is King Solomon. And um, the baby isn't old enough to say, mama, you know, no, that's my mama and that's not my mama, right? <laughs> so the baby can't, can't decide. And we have two women that are both claiming that this is my child. And here's what Solomon does. Solomon says, bring me my sword. So they bring the sword and he says, cut the baby in half and we'll give half of the baby to this mother and half the baby to this mother. I know this is a gruesome story, but um, right before they're about to cut the baby in half, the baby's true mother says, no, no, no. Give the baby to the other lady. Why? Because a mother loves their child and would rather have to, would rather give the child away than to see the child die uh, or see the child, you know, perish. It's the love 
for a mother that gave the child away. And I want to encourage, I know some people have gone through very hard circumstances where for whatever reason, they may have had to give up the child. Um, they weren't able to raise a child or whatever situation. Um, and sometimes an act of love is, is allowing that child to be in, in another family. Um, so yeah, <clears throat> don't, don't, don't kill the child. Um, if, if, if for some reason you can't take care of it, you know, uh, perhaps it's best to, to give the child away, but that's a, that's a whole nother, whole nother podcast. But, um, I do want to say that, um, we see in scripture that a mother's love for a child is willing to do whatever is best for the child. And I encourage you mothers to make whatever sacrifices or whatever you need to do to love that child so they can have the spiritual inheritance, so they can uh, live the life that's pleasing to God. And we want you to teach them. Okay. The last, last little bit here was, um, so a mother's job, right? Um, mothers pray for your child. I'm going to say it again. Pray for your child. Prayer works. Okay. Um, and we should be praying for mothers should be praying for protection for your children. We are in a, um, a, a dangerous world. And I know, you know, they talk about mama bear. Listen, mom, don't mess with my child. Don't mess with my child. Right. But there's sometimes we're not always able to be there. So we have to pray for our children, pray for their protection and pray for wisdom. Pray that the child continues to heed your instruction, um, not neglect your teaching and will depend on God for wisdom themselves. Next, persistence. Okay. Do not check out on your children. Do not check out on motherhood. Listen, this child may not be listening right now, but there was probably a season in your life when you didn't listen to everything your mother told you to do right? So don't check out. You be persistent. Understand that God has given you a charge. God has given you a responsibility to be the mother of that child. So train up that child in the way he or she should go, right? Um, I know as I got older, I would go back and say, thank you. Not every child goes back and says, thank you, mom, for being persistent Thank you for the hard lessons. Thank you for teaching me how to clean, how to take care of myself, how to speak up for myself, how to follow God, how to, you know, lead a family. Um, so what was I saying? Um, so be persistent in your instruction. Be, be consistent and persistent with your training. But also that motherhood is permanent. But your training, your job as the instructor does come to an end. That is temporary. Okay. There will be a point and you have to realize when your role changes. Listen, I have counseled many people who they're like, but I'm their mother. And I'm like, yes, but your son is married now. Oh, I'm their mama and I'm taking care. Listen, 
but your son has children. Your son is married. Your daughter is married. Your daughter has a husband. Okay. So mothering, being a mother is, is a permanent position as long as we're on the earth, but your role changes. And sometimes we have to transition and change that role. You go to encourager, you go, you become a listening ear, you become a supporter. But um, that role of saying, hey, you have to listen to me over your husband. That's not the role of a mother once the child is married, right? Hey, the Bible says that you're to leave and cleave. Uh, the Bible says you leave your mother and your father and you cleave to your wife, right? So um, mothers understand that your your role changes as the child grows. So during that, those first two decades, you know, be mom, be mother, like mother yourself as much as possible. Um, but when that transition comes, realize that, okay, they're in a different season. They're in a different space now. And as mother, I transition to grandmother or I transition to mother-in-law or I transition to like other stuff get added on to mother, <laughs> right? And, and you've got to be okay with that. Uh, redeem the time, use the time you have now, but also be a good example um, and be able to navigate that shift when you go from primary or secondary instructor to encourager, listener, and um, a sounding board for wisdom. Okay, man, this is good. This whole family, like I, I almost believe that God instituted families, right? Because we see in the last episode how God uses family to teach us certain things. We see in this episode how God has 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 uh, instructed and conceived and instituted this mother position so that the family can continue to have both sides of it. They can have that nurturer, that compassionate, that comforting element uh, found a lot of times in mothers because there's, there's nothing like a mother's love. God even says, hey, um, I will comfort you like a mother does. Right. So this is Lee Bible in real life. Make sure you're paying attention. Make sure you stay subscribed. Uh, if you like this type of content, subscribe to the podcast. Right. If you like this type of content, go over to the YouTube channel. Show us some love over there. Make sure you're following Bible in real life on TikTok and Instagram and all those other places. Uh, my, our goal is to make sure that the people know what God's word says so that we can live godly lives in real life. Hey, this is Lee Bible in real life. I will talk to you next time. Bye-bye, everybody.